This week, we are back in the book of Mark, looking at the story of how the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist, was beheaded, and a bit about the man who made it all happen. It's quite literally a soap opera level story, and it's the only account in Mark that's not about Jesus. Why was it included? Well, that's what we discuss today on the Venture Tabernacle podcast. Recorded at the Running Age Studio, you're listening to Venture Tabernacle. It's like venture capital, except that the investment is made in your soul. This is where America hangs out to talk about anything and everything from a biblical perspective. I'm your host, Ty Hervey. Join me as we learn to view the world through the objective lens of the Bible. Our text for the day is Mark chapter 6, verse 14 through 29, and this one is a bit of a story, so bear with me as we read it together. That's Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 14. It says, King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, He is Elijah, and others said, He is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guest. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When the disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. Now, this story to me is fascinating because it is a drama upon drama upon drama. And if you can read this story one time and see everything that's going on, well, I just got to say, you are smarter than most because this story has layers to it. And so what I want to do today is I want to take it piece by piece. And this story comes directly after the sending of the 12, where Jesus sent his disciples out on a training mission. 
And in doing so, Jesus had multiplied his influence, you know, by six to 12 times as he sent his apostles out in his name to do miracles. And Herod heard about Jesus and he was afraid. And we see in this story that they recognize there is some sort of supernatural power about Jesus because no one had ever done the level of miracles Jesus was doing throughout all of recorded history. And Herod was afraid that the great prophet he had killed had come back to haunt him for his evil deeds. And if you remember all the way back in chapter 1, we saw John the Baptist announcing the coming of Jesus. And he even baptized Jesus himself. And John the Baptist was the greatest prophet to ever walk this earth. Yet he considered himself not even worthy to untie the sandals of Jesus, the lowest of acts of service. And he said he was not qualified for even this in the presence of Jesus. And we see here that Herod killed John the Baptist, the greatest prophet who ever lived. Now, if you know your Bible history in the Old Testament, then you know that this is no new thing. The Jews had been killing prophets that God sent them for thousands of years. And it's honestly one of the greatest tragedies of the Bible that the Jewish people who were selected as God's chosen people and entrusted with the scriptures and divine revelation of truth about God and who he is, that the Messiah, the Savior of the world, would come from their people, that those group of people rejected God and his messengers over and over and over. So what Herod did to John the Baptist is simply another step in a long line of rejection of God that ultimately will end in Jesus being crucified. To reject John the Baptist was to reject Jesus because he was the messenger alerting the world that Jesus, the Messiah, was coming. And this story is foreshadowing of what is to come in the crucifixion of Jesus. When you look at it, this is honestly a very messed up story. The King Herod mentioned in this story is not to be confused with the King Herod who persecuted Jesus as a baby. If you remember, when Jesus was born, King Herod declared that all baby boys should be killed underneath a certain age. So Jesus actually had to flee to Egypt until it was safe for him to return. And thus, he fulfilled the prophecy in the Old Testament. That Herod who proclaimed that the baby should be killed, that was the father of the Herod in this story. And so the line goes, Herod the Great, who persecuted Jesus as a child, and then Herod Antipas, who persecuted Jesus as a man. And he is the son of the wicked king, and he is a wicked king himself too. And we see these verses, just a glimpse of how wicked King Herod truly is. So see if you can track with me, because this story is honestly a little bit confusing. Herod had a brother named Philip. And I'm just paraphrasing what the story says, the text we read. Philip was married to a lady named Herodias. Yes, that is a woman. I know it doesn't sound like a woman's name, but back then it was. And Herodias left her husband Philip and was in a new relationship with King Herod now. 
at the time of this story. And to do that, Herod actually had to divorce his current wife and remarry Herodias, which was his brother's wife. And the reason that Herod killed John the Baptist is as follows. They were having a massive party, guys only, and not just any guys. Some of the most wicked and evil, messed up guys that you can imagine were at this party. And during the party, Herodias's daughter came into this building and danced for all of the guests of the party. And she would have been young, just a kid, somewhere around 15 years old. And Herod was so happy with the performance, a perverted performance, by the way, that he made an offer for her to have up to half of his kingdom. Now, to be honest, Herod did not actually have the authority to give what he offered her because he was just a ruler in place of the nation of Rome. You know, he's called a king. He acts like a king. He smells like a king. But really, he is only in charge of a certain territory, and that authority is only given to him by the nation Rome. Nevertheless, he makes the offer, and the girl does not know what to ask for. So where does she turn? She turns to her mother and asks the question, what should I ask for? Now, her mom hates John the Baptist because if you look back at verse 18, John had openly spoken about their marriage and adultery being a shame and illegal. And John was a bold gospel preacher who was not afraid to call evil what it was to its face and stand for the consequences. And there's a principle to be seen here is that when you make a stand against evil in your life, evil will hate you for it. And it will do anything that it can to ruin your life. John the Baptist was in prison for a long time before he was killed. And he was in prison because he spoke out against evil. He knew that the consequences might come for his actions, but he did it anyways. And in the same way, when we face evil, when we see it, we should stand against it no matter the cost. I'll tell you this, if they outlawed Christianity tomorrow, I would be in jail by the end of the week because I will not hide my faith and I refuse to cower against evil. And I pray that you would find the strength to do the same as John the Baptist. And so the girl asked Herodias what she should ask for. And the head of John the Baptist is the price. Herod didn't want to kill John the Baptist because he knew that he was a righteous man. He feared him, but he wanted to please the world more than he wanted to please God. And so Herod had John the Baptist killed. And we look at a story like this and we wonder, what purpose does this serve in Scripture? Why was this included in the midst of the account of the life and ministry of Jesus? Why is this one account about anything but Jesus included? Well, for one, it gives us a look into the mindset of the world we live in. Just as Herod and those involved in killing John the Baptist were evil, wicked, and dangerous, so too is the world we live in today. When you stand for good and you stand for God, you will meet opposition and persecution. 
And that should not discourage you from doing the right thing. For we know that when we are persecuted for our faith, we are blessed and we are in good company of the prophets, the apostles, and yes, even Jesus himself. And the second reason it's here is it shows us the continuing story of Jesus towards the cross. These stories, they really happened. And we're going to see the humanity and reality of Jesus in the coming verses as he's affected by the death of his beloved cousin. And they all come together, all the stories we've heard and all the stories we will hear, to show us that Jesus is the Messiah who came to save the world. 